Here it's LSU and Rice, the Rice Owls tonight at 6.30, senior night for LSU. Yep. And, uh, Herb, I got to tell you, we've been on this campus earlier this year for Alabama, for yep. Georgia, and this is kind of a ghost town. To be honest <laughs> with you. Well, you know, man, it's, uh, to, to say the least, there's not a lot of people out tailgating right now. No. I mean, usually where we're sitting, where we're facing right now is a track and field uh, stadium. And man. we can see the track. We can see the track, right. Normally there's cars just stacked mm-hmm. and piled in there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, getting around campus is not that difficult. Nope. Typically on, when Georgia was here and Alabama was here, it took you, you know, it took you maybe an hour to just to get on campus. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Now, you know, it's, you know, it's rice owls, you know. Um, you know, it, it, it's just different, man. You know, you don't have the buzz around this particular game. But that, that doesn't, that's not an excuse. I think we should have the same turnout every game. Um with with the fans and tailgating and, and kind of having that buzz around the team and just continue to support the team. LSU's favored by 44 points today against Rice. <laughs> 44 <laughs> points. That's our Blue Runner Foods opinion poll. That's a lot of points. Yeah. Do you think LSU will cover the 44 points? It's kind of cupcake Saturday, well, if you will. What do you think? College football. You think LSU's going to cover that? No, 44? because I think 44 is just a ton of points anyway. I agree. You I know, agree. And, and, I agree. And people are going to be mad, right? If LSU wins this game 44 to 10. People are going to say, well, I didn't, I didn't cover the spread. Yeah, no, yeah, it doesn't matter. Because think about this. They're going to get a large lead, all yep. right, yep. and they're going to play a lot of their, their young players. In which freshmen, they should. Which they, exactly. you got to get them ready for next year and perhaps yep. a bowl game if you yep. need them. Yep. Um, so those younger players are, are prone to maybe making some mistakes, mental mistakes, et cetera, so the execution might not be as perfect as you would want mm-hmm. and, and you would want from your starters. But that's the way this game is going to play out. I would venture a guess that a lot of reserves are going to get to play Almost half the game. And right? I would like to see that. You know, some of the people that would get upset if the score is 4-14 and they don't cover are people who don't have a stake in the game at all, you know, other than a couple right. 50 bucks or 100 bucks here and there on the game gambling-wise. But as far as, you know, as far as the people in the building, administration building, in the locker room, what their object of today is to play a clean, crisp game and to focus on getting better in every aspect of the game. And if you don't do that, then, you know, you're doing your team a, a disjustice. So, you know, and, and look, I'm going to tell you right now, these are the games that, that, that guys actually look look forward to because they want to pad those stats a little bit if they can. Um, and then the younger guys want to be able to get an opportunity to get in and play during, during significant time. Um, and, 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 and the coaches, you know, this is a game, I think, that where you, you would try some things to see if, you know, some stuff that you didn't get, get an opportunity to run or, or, or you know, some – certain type of pass plays or different things like that that you didn't get a chance to do early in the season to where you can try that now because then, you know, then you go into a, a Texas A&M game and, and you can try some new stuff because and, and then, you know, that prepares you for the bowl game and then you implement some more, some additional things. It's an opportunity also to get your ninth win of the season and then next week you have a chance to get ten wins I think on that's the a season. great season yeah, and, for and this team. Absolutely. Man. For I mean, you you know me. I was I was Debbie Downer at the beginning of the year. Right? I think you said that they probably would win seven games. Seven to eight. I yeah. said that would that would, that would yeah. be. I'd be comfortable yeah. putting money on seven or eight. Right. Here they are sitting at eight, potentially nine. They should get nine. They right. will get nine. Right. And then next week you got an opportunity to win your tenth game against yep. Texas A and M in College Station, and then get in a really nice bro- uh, bowl, perhaps the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy daddy of them all. You could you could end up in the Rose Bowl. So LSU would be a significant accomplishment, and not, not to mention what you want to see today. Coach O said it earlier in the week that basically. He feels like somewhere along the way since the Georgia game, and I really want your thoughts on this, um, Herb, they feel like they've lost their identity on offense. Mm. And I want to see him get that back. Now, you're not going to be able to get that back against Citadel. I mean, I got Citadel on <laughs> against Rice. Right. It's, you're not playing in the SEC. It's not a powerhouse program. They're 1-10. They've lost 10 straight. But you can start to get some semblance some confidence yeah. back. Yeah, I think, I think identity is a good word. But I, I, think, I, think, I think confidence – is, a, is another word, too, because you didn't see the, the sharp, crisp 
um, thought process of Joe Burrow in, in the past few games. You didn't see him having that confidence in throwing the football. Um, you know, we've been seeing a, even, you know, the, the, we had a lot of drops during the beginning of the season. Then we kind of corrected it. And then we came back with, you know, having to make some tough catches, but those guys were dropping some balls as well. Um, but ultimately, I think we kind of hit a ceiling after that Georgia game because we exerted so much energy on offense, and we didn't know how to, I think, um, um, how to build on that. And, and I don't know. There's no, I don't think you put the blame on anyone. I think you just have to figure that out. You know what I'm saying? So, And it's a combination of coaching and playing. Um, and, and, and look, and just finding out what the guys do best. And I, I still think that we don't know what Joe Burrow does best and or what the receivers can do best. Um, and, and I still think that we, we need to get, in my mind, I think we need to get the ball to Chase and Marshall a little bit more and get those boys the ball, you know, sooner so that they can do something with their feet because those guys can make, make, make guys miss. Now, you know, uh, you know with, with D. Anderson and Sullivan, those guys are bigger guys. They're more, in my mind, possession receivers. You get them, you know, it's third and eight, and those guys get at, you know, third and eight and a half, and, you know, they run eight and a half yards and get the first down. That's what I think they, those guys are. But the future of the program is, is, is in Chase and Marshall, um, and, 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 and that's what I see. Now, we've been also trying to get the running game going, and I think we do have a significant running game, and those guys can play well. Um, you know, and it's just a matter of just finding that rhythm again and having the confidence in the quarterback to be able to make the certain plays that we need to have him make. Former LSU quarterback Herb Tyler here on Tiger Tailgate, and I'm Christian Garrick. We're right outside of the Athletic Administration building yep. on the campus of Louisiana State University. It's Getting rocking. set for LSU <laughs> and Rice. Coming up, Seth Dunlap sits down with NFL analyst Mike Detaille here on WWLAMFMN.com. All right, welcome back here on Tiger Tailgating. LSU and Rice today at 630. NFL analyst Mike Dettini sits down with Seth Dunlap about the prospects of the NFL players that are on the field tonight in Tiger Stadium. Take a listen. Mike Dettini's insights into the 2019 draft brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center at the Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, keeping you safely in the game. And Mike D on into the program now. And, and Mike, it's been a heck of a week down there, heck, a heck of a couple of hours here, a couple of days with the big win by Nichols yesterday. Yeah, no question about it. And, you know, what Tim Rebo has done, you know, at Nickel State's remarkable. Uh, you know, Seth, when he took over, he took over a 0-12 and football team. They had been 1-28 and in the Southland Conference. And in four years, he's been to back-to-back play. He's going to be in back-to-back playoff games. And uh, they won the Southland title. Uh, beating uh, Southeastern. So just been a remarkable run for Coach Rebo, and he put all those pieces in place, certainly getting Chase 4K from Rommel and Sully Lesh uh, from Letcher, you know, certainly some of the other guys will keep opponents of that. But, man, uh, what Chase and Sully has meant to the program has been invaluable. And, and so much of that, too, is many of those guys work out uh, you know, at the wellness center, uh, to be regional. Right. And so Greg, Greg Stock's been a huge backer uh, of the uh, Nichols State's program. And it's been a great ride for Nichols, uh, you know, and they've been so successful not only in football, but the, the women's basketball team with Doobie have won the Southland Conference Championship. Uh, Seth does a great job uh, coaching baseball and uh uh, it's been a great run on here on Harvard on the Bayou. Yeah, yeah no doubt about it. We talked to, we were watching that game live on my show uh, on, what was it, Thursday night. So, 
Yeah, congratulations to Nichols, co-conference champions, and on to the playoffs, man. It's uh, What a year for, for football here, whatever level, Mike, here in southeast Louisiana. It's just incredible. And now we've got this LSU game. This is, you know, the cupcake of all cupcakes here, but there's still some talent on the field. I want to talk more today about LSU's talent, but first, there are a couple of guys that I know you wanted to touch on over on Rice's side that might get some looks on draft day. Yeah, the halfback, uh, Austin Walker. Uh, his br- uh, twin brother, Ashton, is actually his backup. He's not a real big kid, 5'8", 205. He rushed for over 6,000 yards in high school. He's been a very productive back uh, at Rice. Tremendous receiver coming out the backfield. Uh, this year he's already caught 40 passes. Uh, he averages a little more than four yards a run. <laughs> Again, he's not running behind the five uh, blocks of granite, but uh, – Got great field vision, quick, tough guy, tremendous leg strength for a smaller back. Also, he is a very good kickoff return man who is averaging 27.3 yards of return. So he's got a chance as a late-round pick priority free agent. And the same can be said for their right offensive tackle, Sam Pierce, uh, 6'5 305. He's been a three-year starter at the right tackle position, played a lot. Uh, as a true freshman, known for his pass-blocking skills, smart kid, technically sound. I'm not sure he's maybe not a better right offensive guard than he is a right tackle. I'm sure he'd get a look on, on both sides. I know his dad pretty well. He's a former golfer at Texas A&M. So like Austin Walker, two guys that will be looked at you know, late in the draft from Rice and also, uh, if not selected, they'll be priority free agents. Mike Dettelier in here on the Tiger Tailgate pregame show, giving us his insights into the 2019 draft. Again, brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center at the Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, keeping you safely in the game. And now let's focus on LSU here. It's a good week to do this. And and I'm curious about Devin White. And actually, I've gotten a lot of texts to my show during the week, Mike, going, you know, how, how is his draft stock? Is it is it improving? Is it falling a little bit? What can he tell us? I've always felt he'd be a top 15 pick. He's the top-rated inside linebacker for the 2019 NFL draft. What you have to look at here is how quickly all those defensive linemen will start to peel off the board. And quarterbacks, you know, is Stephen Herbert going to be selected in the top 10? Possibly Luck from Missouri. I think Devin White goes in the top 12. He's my number 11th rated player. Uh, How quickly that happens, though, because of the talent level along the defensive line, which is rich this year tremendously, especially at the defensive tackle spot, uh, could push Devin a little farther back. But I, I think he'll go anywhere from that 10 to 14 range in round one, I think what the scouts really like about him is so athletic, great foot speed, and also he can play in reverse. You don't have to take him off the field on third down. He's a really good cover linebacker, also effective uh, as an inside blitzer, and we see how well he can roam the field sideline to sideline. So he his draft stock has has been always there as a top upper echelon pick in the 2019 draft, and he's done nothing this season to squash that. Yeah, what about on the back end for this LSU defense? Greedy Williams, some of these other guys, Mike? I think Greedy Williams is going to be the first LSU player picked. Uh, I think he's got a chance to be one of the top six or seven players in this draft. You, you don't get your chance to pick a six-foot-two corner. Those guys are rare. 
He's got a great wingspan to get his hands on a football. He's got ball skills. I can't teach it. Either you got it or you don't as a cornerback. And, uh, man, he's a guy can lock up in man coverage, also can play in the off-coverage position. He's my top-rated cornerback, just like Devin is my top-rated inside linebacker. Uh, you know, corners are rare when you can get one to match up one-on-one downfield. I think Greedy's going to go in the top seven picks in the 2019 draft. And it'll be the first time LSU has had multiple picks on defense going round one. you got to go back to 2013 when Barkevius Mingo and Eric Reed both got selected in round one of the draft. So, um, both these guys, I think by pick 16, both of them off the board. But Greedy goes ahead of Devin White. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, finally, uh, what about Cole Tracy here? His only year on the LSU campus. He's perfect on extra points. He's 22 at 25 field goals. Does he have the leg? Does he have the consistency where maybe not drafted, but can he kick on Sundays? He can kick on Sundays. And I, and I wouldn't be surprised that, you know, he gets picked late. Uh, listen, kickers are so valuable in this league, uh, especially guys who are consistent. And that's what you see out of him, Seth, the consistency from 47 yards and in. He's done a great job. Does he have this real strong leg? Nah. You know, he, he got other guys with a stronger leg. But how many guys have kicked the ball as well as he has and in money situations like what Cole Tracy has done? I think that's a shot that he can get picked in this draft. If not, he'll definitely be in an NFL camp. And he's got one guy that a lot of people will listen to when they go to him uh, about possible kickers, Martin Anderson, who knows Cole really well. They've had a lot of conversation uh, about the swing of the leg, techniques, that sort of thing. And um, I kind of got a feeling Cole might get selected in 2019. Interesting. Okay, good stuff here from Mike Tatilia. Again, his insights into the 2019 draft have been brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center at the Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, keeping you safely in the game. I'll be watching for all those guys today, Mike. Really appreciate it. And, uh, look, we'll talk to you tomorrow for that Saints game. We'll do it, Seth. I'm Seth Dunlap. Now let's go back to Christian Garrick and Herb Tyler for the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show, getting you set for LSU Rice later today at Tiger Stadium. Guys? Thank you very much, Seth. Good job as always. Yes, and sir. Uh, A big commitment for LSU picked up this week, running back from Destran, John Emery, yep. committing to LSU. And How big is that uh, in particular for their running back group, but also being able to Steal one from Georgia, originally committed to Georgia. I think it's huge just for the recruiting period to keep keep a guy like John here in the state, you know, and to actually flip him from, from Georgia, if you will. I know he decommitted a couple of weeks ago, but actually he, you know, we, we were instrumental in that by beating Georgia three weeks ago. So um, I think I think it's something that's, that, that's to be said about Coach O and the recruiting process and what he's done. Um, and I think that um, – Moving forward, man, we're going to have some, some really good talent, young talent coming out of Louisiana and actually staying home and playing for LSU, and hopefully that can turn into wins and championships. What do you think about Les Miles uh, going to Kansas? You know, I think uh, there's two things I think about Les Miles going to Kansas. I, 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 I have to commend the guy for coming to a resolution on his buyout, if you will, um, taking, you know, leaving a, a, a lot of money on the table. Um, that, that shows a lot of character. It shows that he's really dedicated to LSU still, um, even after, you know, not being here. And then I hope he gets to keep a really good friend of mine, Tony Hall, up there as a coach. 
um, who was coaching at Warren Easton, is now the running back coach at Kansas. He inherits a pretty fine running back in Anthony Puka Williams. That's sure do. Sure. sure do. Right here from the state of Louisiana. And Tony was school. really instrumental in getting that guy up there. Yeah, I know. Les Miles agreeing in principle, at least uh, to be the Jayhawks coach, former LSU coach, taking a buyout from LSU earlier in the week for going about five and a half. $5 million roughly to be the coach of the Jayhawks. Tiger tailgating continues here on WWLAMFMN.com. LSU and Rice today here at the campus of Louisiana State University at 630 right here on WWL. We're here till 430. We'll hand things off to the official pregame show on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Chris Blair and company have you the call for you at 630 kickoff between LSU and Rice. And, you know, Herb, we're sitting here talking about, um, you know, cupcake schedules in, the, in college football this weekend in particular. Yep. Look what Citadel did to uh, Alabama. It's, it's, it's gotten away from Citadel now, but at, at halftime, 10, they 10. were 10-10. It's now 43-10. to 10. You knew it was only a matter of time before Alabama flexed their muscle. Right. But they scored 10 points. LSU scored zero on, on Alabama. Yeah, you just, you know, you play the game, man, and you, you see what you can do. You have a game plan, and you, and you play to your strengths um, and try to attack their weaknesses. And, and Citadel played a really good game up to the half, um, and then now you know the number one team, Alabama, is pulling away. But, you know, it, it just it just speaks volumes. You know, it was a lot lot more pressure for LSU to come in and try to do well against Alabama when they came in uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, and it's just, you know, it, can you handle the pressure? Can you can you fulfill uh, the destiny that, that, that it is for you? Or or can you can you make a difference and make a play when it's time every time against, uh, you know, against a, a top-tier team with great talent? But with the lights on and the pressure on ESPN game day, that kind of stuff. So pressure's a little bit different. So, But, you know, technically you would think that LSU can score 10 points on Alabama. Yeah, LSU fans are going to see that and go, well, how can the Citadel score 10 and LSU get shut out? Well, because the focus for Alabama was much more yeah, intense exactly. getting ready for LSU. They wanted to shut LSU out. Right. And Citadel, look, let's let's face it. You, you played, Herb. It's human nature. Yep. To say it's a citadel, right? Right. You know, in the back of your mind, right. yes, yeah, another game. But you also know, we could we could go out there, and turn the ball over three times, and still beat this team. It's it's just, it's just in your nature, it's human nature to go. Yeah, I know I don't have to prepare as hard because it is this citadel. Well, you just what you do is you just try to, um, you know, you try to go in the game with the same mindset and focus. But sometimes you just can't. You just don't have that energy. You don't have that buzz. You don't have that, um, you know, that 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 focus that it took for you to go out and, and shout out a, a really great team in LSU. And then Citadel comes out, and they're coming out, you know, with, with, a, with a lot of energy and a lot of positive vibes and thinking they can take you down and, and be that Cinderella team this year. Um, but, you know, ultimately you get to the point where, you know, you just get overwhelmed by the talent, the speed, the, um, the organization, the coaching that Alabama has. And that's what's happened with Citadel and with LSU. It's just that, you know, Alabama came out focused and intense on just completing, completely shutting down any chatter that anybody would say that LSU was going to be a challenge for them. Mississippi State 38, Arkansas 6 into the third quarter there. The Bulldogs taking care of business. Florida yep. crushing Idaho right now 56-3 to in the fourth quarter. Looking around um, <laughs> Vandals, Middle Tennessee State University taking on UK 17th-ranked Wildcats on top of Middle Tennessee State 31-23. to How about this one, Maryland? 31, Ohio State 24. Yep, Matt Canada. Nearing the end of the third quarter there in Maryland. Also, Penn State University taking on Rutgers, and the Nittany Lions have a shutout brewing against Rutgers in the fourth quarter as well. Mm -hmm. Citadel, like I said, in Alabama, in Alabama, 43-16 to now. Citadel just got back on the board, but the Crimson Tide looks like they're going to continue to roll. Utah and Colorado tied at seven in the second quarter. Also, um, 
Colorado State and Utah State, three nothing for yep. Utah State. Yep. So surprising there for for Ohio State in particular for Maryland. Uh, on top right now uh, by seven, uh, just entering the fourth quarter, just about to enter the fourth quarter. You know, I don't – I mean, surprise, yeah, I guess technically if you really want to call it that. But ultimately, if you go back and you look at Ohio State football, every year they have at least one signature loss, if that makes sense. Um, well, and already we already got we one all, in, in I know, Purdue. We all thought that was that signature loss. But that's, that's, look, let's be real. Purdue is a pretty good team. Um, the things that Maryland went through early in the season and then – um, here recently, a couple weeks ago, firing their head coach. Um, I mean, that's a lot of adversity for them to go through. One of the players who passed away. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just so many different things. So th- that's the team that you would think would come in and, and not have a chance to beat Ohio State with the great Urban Meyer um, and Dwayne Haskins and, and, you know, and that team that they have. Um, so, you know, and, and it just doesn't surprise me. I think Ohio State has been in turmoil as well um, with the, with the four-game suspension. Sure. For, for Urban and you know, and, and I'm gonna tell you, I'll be honest. Which I don't, I don't see Urban staying there much longer after the season. Um, and I do think, I think they raise um, the, the, the interim coach up to head coach at the end of the season. I don't think they go out and try to find anybody else because I thought he did a phenomenal job early in the season with grabbing those guys' attention and kind of taking it away from Coach Meyer and they're just focusing plainly and solely on football. There's no doubt that scandal has had an impact on Ohio State yeah. this year on the football field. Yep. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick here. Phone lines are open at 504-260-1870, text 87870. Tiger tailgating here on WWLAMFM.com. Herb, another thing that I think that would go um, a long way in this game against Rice for LSU is obviously getting the, the confidence back, but also along the offensive line, you know, proving that you can hold up a little bit and, and get your confidence back up, up front with uh, you know protecting Joe Burrow. He's been under a little bit more pressure here mm-hmm. lately in the last couple of games than what – I think uh, Coach O would like. Yeah, we've been um, we've been talking we were talking a little bit off air about it, and and you know, and, and we're we're max protection for Joe Burrow, and uh, it's kind of leaving on the back end um, a less number of receivers, you know, to, to challenge the DBs, if you will. Um, and I think you know when we look at that Georgia game, um, we, the confidence that Joe had playing in that game, going into that game, and coming out of that game was unmatched. We haven't seen that since from him. Um, and I think one of the reasons was because he was so comfortable with the play calling, with the plays that they were running, and how he was actually executing those plays. Um, it was it was spread them out, gashing with the run, hit quick passes, get the balls in the playmakers' hands, and they were able to do some things after that catch. Um, so I think we need to get back to that. If we don't get back to that, I think it's going to be really tough for us. Man, I'm looking around campus, and it had, had it not for these police cars in front of us getting ready for <laughs> you know the game, I would think this is a normal. Saturday on the campus of LSU. I mean, it's just it's a little it's a little I don't want to say disappointing. I get it because it's Rice, but it, there's 18 seniors tonight. That tonight is a big deal. So that, let's let's just hope that the crowd comes in um, an hour or two before the game, <laughs> and the, and the, fan, the stands are full. Um, but you're right though. I mean, like I said before, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You want to support your team in the manner that you support, you know, them when they're playing Alabama and game days here. Um, and you know, and and you know, I, I you know, I don't know. I don't know what else is going on. Maybe people are preparing for Thanksgiving or, or things like that. I don't know. So I don't want to speculate, but I do know that if if Alabama was coming here tonight, they'd be here. <laughs> you know, if 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 Ohio State or somebody was coming here tonight, they'd be here. But you know, and you're right. I mean, it's it's just it's 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 a little bland, if you will. Um, and I mean, there are some fans, and I can tell you this: I've I've seen a couple of Rice fans, maybe four or five, 
But I do see a, a lot of purple and gold, but and that's all you see. As expected. Yeah. By the way, Todd Jacobs, our on-site engineer, behaving himself today. We have the cookies yes. uh, in, in front of us. He hasn't demolished every single one of them. So I think I'm I figured out why. Pretty proud of, proud of Todd. Why? They are a little bit harder mm. than normal, and that is exactly correct. Because look at that look on his yep. face. Yeah, they're not as they're not as soft. See, I like when you eat the chocolate chip batch? cookies. Yeah, the soft batch. Those yeah. are those are really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are good. I think that's why Todd is not eating them. Yeah, well, I told him <laughs> when I went to the store and bought them. I was like, all right, Todd, we have to share these. Maybe okay? we have to go to the store Between and buy me and another, Herb, another yeah. one. Maybe we go check and find some soft ones. But anyway, I looked at him and I said, Todd, we've got to share these. Herb might want some. I might want some. He's like, okay, I'll, I'll limit myself to two. So Tiger tailgating here on WWLAMFM.com. Herb and Christian here at campus of Louisiana State University. Athletic Administration Building is where you can find us. Mm-hmm. LSU taking on Rice today at 630, wrapping up the regular season next week in College Station against Texas A&M, an opportunity for LSU to get to the 10-win threshold and get into a New Year's Day our New Year's Day six uh, bowl game. Big opportunity uh, for LSU in front of them. And Joe Burrow has been uh, a big part of it, obviously. But you, you got to come away with this game, though, or from this game healthy. And that's why you're going to see a lot of these mm-hmm. younger players her play because you want to wrap up the season uh, next week, the regular season, with a win against Texas A&M and put yourself in that position. So that's another part that needs to, you need to come away with uh, relatively no injuries. They're banged up. Christian Fulton out for this ball game. Yep. Braden Fioco as well. Yep. Uh, will not play in this ball game along with a couple other guys. But the, yep. the goal now is to get healthy for next week and also for a bowl game. For the bowl game, what you want to do is you want to get out of these next two weeks as as healthy as possible because you you'll get a good strong three weeks worth of rest for those guys for you know during the month of December for the, the prior to the bowl game. Um, and then you, you're absolutely correct, man. Um, this game you you want to come out. With a lot of confidence, um, but you also want to come out with no injuries. And then what you want to do, too, is you want to build. Because I'm going to tell you, Texas A&M is going to come with it next week. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we're not looking past Rice, but what I'm going to tell you right now, look, Coach um, um, Jimbo is probably – he's probably had this circled on the calendar all year long as one of the games that he really wants, especially in College Station. So, um, it, it's going to be tough next week. So, But you got to take care of business this week. Um, you know, you, I, I, what I like to see out of this team this week is is the the, the confidence in an eight and two team. You know, you come out and you and, and and you're pushing people around on the offensive line. You make the right calls and reads as a quarterback. Make the right reads and runs as a running back. No turnovers. Um, running good routes as receivers and catching the football. Um, making plays, causing some havoc on defense. Um, and and you know, and linebackers just getting you know and making some some. Behind the line of scrimmage tackles, or or causing some some fumbles or things like that, and, and whatever those guys, whoever those guys are going to be, that that's going to step up at the defensive back since we have so many injuries back there. Whoever those guys are going to step up, we, I want to see those guys make some plays um, and show the coaching staff so they can gain some confidence in the coaches that they'll be okay with. Them. Miles Brennan expected to play tonight. What do you want to see out of him? I uh, no intercepts. I want Miles. Every time I've seen Miles, he's throwing an intercept, and I don't want him to throw any intercepts. I want him to just see the field. Read, you know, make the correct reads and put the ball where it needs to be. And then I want to see the different variations in the passing. I don't want to just see bullets all day long. You know, I don't want to see rockets. I want to see some touch passes. I want to see some some maturity in his game because, um, you know, it's been a while since we've actually saw him. So um, it's, it's going to be kind of exciting to see him play. Yeah, he's been dealing with a little bit of an injury that Coach O told us about that, mm-hmm. that prevented him from being in the ball game a couple of games earlier this year. They wanted – to get him in the game, they said that when they named Joe Burrow the starter, that they still had big plans for Miles Brennan to get significant playing time. It hasn't happened yet, but no. I think tonight no. you'll see a lot of that significant playing time happen against 
Right, and I, I agree with you, Herb. I want to see just a, a little bit more poised uh, kind of guy back there, Miles Brennan, that quarterback. You know that uh, right. you're, you're, you're not too far away from playing. Uh, Joe Burrow's got one more season after this, and then, and then in all likelihood you're the guy to, to lead LSU going forward because you are going to be able to redshirt because you didn't play in four games this year. So yep. you have another year of eligibility. Yep. Tiger tailgating rolls on Herb, Herb and Christian here on the campus of Louisiana State University getting you set for LSU and Rice tonight at 630 right here on WWL.